The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, yes, we are. I love to be here for the moms because you guys are so important and sometimes you go unnoticed and unthanked and that is why we are here. I am Jenny and this is Channel Mom where we encourage moms. We focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world and uh, today (laughs) we're going to tackle one of the most political issues of our time and we're going to try to talk about it without politics. So we'll see how that goes. Our guest today offers an unusual approach to the debate on life and choice. She's the co-author of a book called Unplanned Grace, a compassionate conversation on life and choice. We could use a compassionate conversation on those topics. And boy, does she bring some food for thought to the table, stuff that maybe none of us have ever thought of before. Plus, it's my daughter's birthday today. So that's all coming up on Channel Mom. Just one minute. One minute is all you got to do. You got to stick around and we'll be right back. Are you in need of some girl time or maybe a mother-daughter date? We've got just the place for you. Enjoy an afternoon of respite and refreshments with an authentic English tea. Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe serves a delightful afternoon tea or a delicious breakfast or lunch in their cafe, all at affordable prices. Offering special teas like the chocolate fountain tea or princess tea, there's something for everyone at Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe in Littleton. For a 10% discount, use the code CHANNELMOM. Visit lynnstea.com. That's lynnstea.com. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. Man, I hope this show is a good one for you. Something that you need to hear today, something you need to pass on to somebody else, something that brings you comfort or hope or understanding. Uh, I really hope that uh, it's a good show, honestly. All right. (laughs) First of all, I want to remind you, go to lindstea.com. My daughter and I went there for one of their fabulous, authentic English teas. You can go with a mother or a daughter or a girlfriend. It's just so much fun. And uh, if you sign up, to uh, make a reservation for a tea at lindstea.com. Be sure to mention Channel Mom, lindstea.com. Mention Channel Mom and you will get a discount. So that's important. Okay, so everybody knows 
that I dote on my daughter probably a little too much. And I've had to drop her off at college in the last week. I'm not going to talk a lot about that because there's a little pre-recording going on here. But today, the day that we are airing this is her 19th birthday. I can hardly believe I'm saying that because I remember her sweet little birth so well. But, uh, you know, I picked just the right guy to sing happy birthday to our Georgia Grace. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Dear Georgia, nothing like a little Bieber on the show. Thank you, Justin Bieber, for wishing happy birthday to my daughter, Georgia Grace. I hope it's a blessed day for you, darling. All right. So at first glance, pro-life and pro-choice ideologies appear staunchly opposed to each other. But what if life and choice did not have to be in opposition to one another? Isn't that a curious question? What if a woman's life and the life of the unplanned unborn could thrive simultaneously? What if this did not have to be such a divisive battle? Save the Storks, a pro-life nonprofit which exists to support pregnancy centers nationally, is working to change the narrative around unplanned pregnancies and to depoliticize the topic of abortion. Can you imagine if we could do that? Oh my goodness. Families, nations, people, communities would get along better if we could do that. This topic is carefully covered in the new book, Unplanned Grace, a compassionate conversation on life and choice by Brittany Smith and Natasha Smith. They are not related. All right. So I'm just going to say before I welcome our guest, if I'm honest, I've never really wanted to tackle, tackle this issue on the radio. In fact, it makes me stumble with my language. Uh, I, the life versus choice conversation is such a tough one. Obviously, I have an opinion, but I've always been concerned about sharing my opinion because I want to figure out a way, by God's grace, to love every single mother who tunes into us, even if I completely disagree with her on issues. So I work very hard not to to take a stand out loud on air. Um, but today we're going to talk about it. So people are probably going to figure out a few things about me. Um, but we, we've decided to do it today because of what this book brings to bear. Now, Natasha Smith works with Save the Storks, which is a nonprofit pro-life ministry, and her new book does spring from that work. Once again, it's called Unplanned Grace, a compassionate conversation about on life and choice. The chapter titles might kind of surprise folks. It's uh, They talk about things like the importance of housing, uh, supportive fathers, and external pressure. These are all interesting things that we don't normally talk about in, in the pro-life versus pro-choice debate. All right, Natasha, welcome to the show. Jenny, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Okay, I'm so glad. And we've got some events coming up. I'm supposed to be involved in one of your events talking about the book, so we'll tell folks about that at the end. But, but why did you decide, what moved you to write this book in the way that you did, knowing you were entering in into one of the most heated battles of the 21st century. Why did you decide to write the book in a way that you said was going to be compassionate, not combative? Why and how did you do this? Yeah, I think we all have experienced the the heat around this topic, and and I've talked to people on both sides. You know, I've experienced the the uh, animosity mm-hmm. to my point of view and those who have gone through this with tears in their eyes and saying, I wish I just knew about other resources when I was in that place facing that decision. And so I've been able to meet women who've walked through that, who've chosen both 
you know, parenting, uh-huh. adoption, uh, and abortion, and just seeing their stories kind of broadened my heart to have a lot of compassion because it, it's a harder issue than those um, from like, you know, growing up in the church where it's just a black and white line to hear the stories of why it feels like there is no other choice, that there is no real hope. It's a tragedy. And so I wanted to help the church and people who are pro-life to understand and kind of empathize with the reality of these women's stories and know that they're so complex and they matter and the issues that they're facing are they're genuinely difficult yeah. and with that in mind you know we have to receive them as they are and love them no matter if abortion was chosen or not and that's a beautiful thing that pregnancy centers do and through my work at save the storks i've just been really blown away at just how holistic the pro-life movement is and how pregnancy centers care for women no matter what. They're there, you know, during the journey of a pregnancy. And even if the pregnancy is terminated, they actually are still there for women and men, which is so important. Women and men. And that's a a key thing to say. And you're right. It is very polarized. There's there's no room for understanding in the middle. There's sort of like it's this or it's this and and there's no way to meet in the middle. Uh, One of the lines in your book was uh, that we have to acknowledge the emotional hardship that a woman is facing when she has an unplanned pregnancy. And I think on both sides, that is something that gets overlooked. It's just, you know, you should choose this or you should choose this, but not sort of like, what are you going through and what are you feeling and what are your conditions? Uh, Can you expand a little bit on that thought? Well, I think that that's the middle ground that we can actually agree with uh, people with um, polarizing ideologies on this is that women matter. That's where pro-choice and pro-life can agree. And that's why we wanted to write this book saying, okay, here's the one place that we can all agree on. So based off of that, which side is caring for women well? Yeah. And and the pro-life movement is just amazing at caring for the real tangible needs that women and men are facing in this journey and ensuring that they are breaking the cycles that got them there or breaking the issues that make them feel like they really don't have a choice. And that that was a big inspiration for this book. So many stories I read and women I interviewed said that they felt like they didn't have a choice. Interesting, because it's supposed to be pro-choice. Interesting. You know, you say the thing about um, the the woman that doesn't get understood. Um, And and I think of, and you also say that you can be pro-life and be pro-woman. And I I think often what happens is the pro-life movement gets vilified as being anti-woman and anti-woman's rights. In fact, when this law was passed in Texas recently, which basically banned abortions as soon as a fetal heartbeat can be detected, um, this subject (laughs) makes me stutter. Um, So Texas passed a law banning abortion as soon as a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is typically around six weeks. The outcry from some of the more high-profile pro-choice people out of Hollywood was very visible and and loud and and folks like Alyssa Milano came out and said um that Texas was now like the Taliban she said that this law was like hashtag forced pregnancy. Um, Bette Midler stood against it. Reese Witherspoon stood against it. Pink stood against it. And in most of the cases in the tweets I was reading was, this is anti-woman. 
This is anti-woman's reproductive rights, which is, by the way, a euphemism when you say it's reproductive rights. But um, if you are pro-life, you are anti-woman and you're not caring for the woman and you're not pro-woman. And you're saying, no, 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 we have framed this debate in the wrong way. The last thing I want to put in before you get to this next point is I am pro-mother. And I've been fighting for mothers and the importance of that role and getting societies to acknowledge the importance of that role for years. And I, I, I learned it in my own life that I needed to treat my motherhood as important and serious. And I was raising up the next generation. And I'm trying to instill that in mothers all across the country. So when people are saying that to be pro-life is anti-woman, sometimes what I read into that is you're saying motherhood is anti-woman. That, that, it, that is not the most honorable thing to choose to be a mother, that motherhood is sort, sort of taking away your rights, that being uh, ushered into motherhood is not necessarily the best thing for a woman. And I see motherhood being demeaned on that playing field. And that, that worries me because I think motherhood is a great honor from God. So I just I kind of want to throw that out there. That, that worries me that we've demeaned the position of mother. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think the other side would say, well, I, we just want it to be planned motherhood. Um, but I've certainly heard motherhood put down in the whole debate. So let's talk first um, in terms of some facts. What, what are three of the myths that, you're, that you point to in your book about abortion that the ad- advocates do not want us to know about? What are, the, what are some of the myths that surround abortion? Well, one, you just mentioned that Abortion is the key to a woman's life, dreams, and success. And if she chooses life, then she has to let go of her dreams. And that is not true whatsoever. In fact, the women that I've met who chose life, there's one lady who's featured in the book. Her name's Brianda. She said when she chose life for her son, she chose a better life for herself because she realized she could do better. And she was stuck in a a cycle of abusive relationships. And she was she was scared uh, in this unplanned pregnancy because her home was unsafe. And so by choosing his life, her son's life, she got better housing, she finished school, she became an entrepreneur, and she's a thriving mom now. Yeah. And she's helped other women through that as well. And so abortion is absolutely not the the answer to a problem for so many women, abortion, um, they, they feel like they have to do it because there's other circumstances that are driving them to feel like well they're told it'll rob them of their dreams they're told that it'll rob them of their money of their future and and i don't want to overlook the fact that that some of these precious women in unplanned pregnancy situations Mm -hmm. are dealing with being abused with being in a horrible housing situation with being forced into something they did not want to be forced into all kinds of stuff i don't want to overlook that um, but I, but I do appreciate that you're saying it's a myth to say if you become a mom, then your dreams die. Right. And every chapter in our book actually tackles one of those issues and and underscores the reality that it is hard. How, housing is a big issue for moms. Domestic violence, unfortunately, is a tragic reality for many of these women. And so when they feel like abortions are only option, it may be because they're scared for their own lives. And in that we have to have compassion. Absolutely. Those who've, you know, maybe been driven to make that decision because of those same um, circumstances. Again, they they deserve compassion. Somebody could correct me on this, but I believe the single most 
poverty-stricken sector of our population is the single mother. Um, th- those folks stand out as as being thrown into poverty more than any other demographic in our society. And, you know, all, all the research I've done on motherhood, that's, you know, a pretty common um, thing to point to in single motherhood, that these women often have to deal with poverty. So I think a mom who's pregnant and it's unplanned thinks, okay, that, that I am automatically going to be poor, living in poor housing with my poor children. And and, and that's another thing that drives them to that. So t- talk to me about that. Yeah, and that's another good myth that's out there that uh, we have great answers for within the pro-life movement, because pregnant Pregnancy centers meet women where they are. They often will have licensed social workers who will walk alongside So they women. don't have to go into single motherhood and poverty is what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. yes. They will connect them to local resources, and they often have what's called an Earn While You Learn program. So they'll have free classes on parenting and, and practical things like budgeting. And then through taking those classes, they get access to free diapers, wipes, you know, a whole bunch of material resources for up to two years after that child is born. And many women have the cell phone numbers of of the people who help them along, and they become like a family. So those women are not left alone after they choose life. Yeah. So, so that dynamic or that paradigm of single motherhood and poverty being linked, although it is, it does not have to be that way if they can get access to these resources is what you're saying. Right, exactly. None of us are victims to our circumstances if we choose to rise above them. And what the beauty of the pro-life work is that we are willing to walk alongside women and help elevate them out of that. Right. Now, did I miss a third myth? Is there a third myth that we didn't touch on? Yeah. Another one is just the idea of being pro-choice. You know, pro-choice means that there should be choices. There should be options laid out so that a woman fully understands what her choices are. And within the pro-choice world, they're not often given all of their options. And that's a big thing in the Texas law that requires women to fully understand and to see, you know, the highest grade of scientific, um, technological advancing of the um, the ultrasound, hearing the heartbeat, fully educated on all the resources that are there for her to ensure that she understands what she's getting into. Uh, one of my favorite uh, lines from a pregnancy center director, she said, I'm pro-choice, but I'm pro-educated choice. And I want to make sure that women fully understand all of her options before she makes a choice. And speaking of those choices, I I want to know if this is a myth. I I believe I've read and heard that the facilities, and I won't name the biggest provider of this, but those facilities that um, are offering abortions, if they do give you an ultrasound, they often will not let you see the baby in the ultrasound because they know that you might choose to keep the baby. Is that correct or incorrect? Yes, I've heard many stories along that lines where they they don't show the screen or they zoom in a lot so you can't actually see the full form of the child. Oh, so it's wow. misleading. Mm-hmm. That isn't pro-choice because that's not a fully educated choice if they're not allowed to see the baby that's within them. Exactly. Oh, oh, that gives me the chills because uh, me seeing my baby and my husband, you know, my husband's and my baby, it's not just mine. Um, and getting to hear that heartbeat was just monumental. And, and so I am sad for those women that they cannot make the choice based on being fully informed with hearing that heartbeat and seeing that baby. That's very interesting that they don't allow them to see that in some of those facilities. Um, all right. So does the church fail? in this conversation or do believers like me fail in this conversation because 
people think, well, you're a well-off white woman who, who has no idea what my pain is. You, you haven't been abused. You haven't been forced into something. You, you have enough money to live in a nice home. You don't get it. You don't get unplanned pregnancy. You don't get my predicament. And, and, and you're not talking to me with understanding and compassion. Do we mm-hmm. fail in some way in the way we talk about this issue? Well, I think one failure is by not talking about it, if that's the case. Many, there are, of course, many churches who do engage with this conversation. We cheer them on and applaud them. But it's highly avoided because of the politicized nature that people associate with pro-life. So I think bringing it up, talking about it, and like you said, having that compassionate heart. And with this book, is I think it's a great start to Put yourself in her shoes and understand that they it is hard. Like I've I haven't been in that place either. I don't understand exactly how difficult it is. But I have met those who have walked through that. We only have three or four minutes left. So I want to make sure that you say the things that you wanted to get across. You do have a couple of very interestingly titled chapters. One is the importance of housing and the other is supportive fathers. And I think in line with what we were just talking about, about the churches maybe not always knowing how to converse about this or people like me people who, who are believers or, and follow god they don't really know how to talk about this subject in the public arena what are things that we should know about the the availability of housing to women like this and and the the background of a supportive or unsupportive father yeah so with housing um, some women may feel like they will lose their housing if they choose life. You might have pressure from parents. You might have uh. pressure from a um, a partner where you're living together. And he says, if you don't have an abortion, you can't live here anymore. And so uh. women genuinely feel driven to have an abortion to keep their housing. So that is a place where the pro-life movement is is stepped up with maternity homes. And I think that's a wonderful area for the church to step into as well. And what about supportive fathers? So with fatherhood, man, uh, I think it's over 60% of women choose abor- who chose abortion said that the father's voice was the most influential one that they listened to. Oh. And so for men, it can make such a big difference for them to stand up and to advocate for that life of their child. And we need to be advocating for the men behind the woman, too, mm-hmm. that maybe don't want the abortion. Last quick question before we tell people how to find you in the book and save the storks. Is there... Uh, uh, something that gets squashed in the public conversation of women who are suffering after having had abortions and nobody talks about that. Yes, you're right. It is not often talked about, but I think that is exactly where we need to shine a light on that and give women an opportunity to share their stories because they matter. And there is hope for healing. And part of that healing process often is sharing that story. And so we need to be a, an arms wide open, you know, a church to let women share their stories and men and be honest with the pain that they may be feeling right now. Yeah. The point is not to come at this conversation with vindictiveness, with judgment, with a lack of compassion, with, you know, all of all of the things that 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 pull people apart and, and don't bring the women who are caught in the middle who have this unplanned pregnancy into a place of loving understanding and, and, and information and, and loving advice. I, you know, yeah, you're, you're doing a beautiful job to try to break this thing down and, and have a compassionate conversation. The book is unplanned grace, a compassionate conversation on life and choice by Brittany Smith and Natasha Smith. Natasha Smith is with us today. I'm so grateful that you have come to talk about it. How do they find you save the storks in the book? Yes, you can 
learn more about the book at unplannedgracebook.com. You can even watch some videos of the women who we feature in the book, uh-huh. which is really fun. And then uh, go to savethestorks.com to learn more about the work of our whole organization. That's a national organization supporting the work of pregnancy centers who are serving women. SaveTheStorks.com. Unplanned Grace is the book, and it's a beautiful book. There's a a bit about a life-changing text at the very beginning of the book that I read about. Okay, and one more thing. You've got some events that you want to tell people about. Tell me about those. Yes, we are going to be at the Mardell in Littleton here in the Denver area on Saturday, September 18th. So that's tomorrow. So please come on by 1130 to 1.30. Uh, Myself and co-author Brittany Smith will be there to sign books and meet you and talk about this subject because we really care about that. And on Sunday, we will be doing a book launch party at our headquarters in Colorado Springs. We're on Woodman. You can look it up Save the Storks. Save the Storks. And I'm supposed to emcee that. We'll see. It depends on if I'm back from a plane trip. But anyway, should be wonderful. Thank you so much, Natasha Smith, for coming on Channel Mom. We appreciate it. All right. So very quickly, I want to remind you, I have a book coming out that I hope you'll get. It's a very encouraging, rewarding read for a mom. Seven Secrets Shared by Seven Moms. Well, actually, eight moms. I share my secrets, too, for mothering. Mom, you're amazing. Changing the world one life at a time is the name of the book. I hope you'll check it out. Remember to go to channelmom.com or channelmom.org. Find out all the ways that we can help you or a mom that you know. We have a lot more than media. We help moms on the ground however and wherever we can. Single moms, moms. Moms coming out of homelessness, moms incarcerated, every mom we can help. Just regular old moms in their houses who are lonely. We try to help you as well with our media and such. And last thing, oh, my baby girl, Georgia Grace, happy birthday, honey. I hope you, uh, you know, it's a beautiful and blessed day for you. Treasure my girl and my boy, my boy, Otis. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for all you do as a mom, changing the world one life at a time. God bless you. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.